Praise God. Praise God. I wonder if we could just lift our hands again all over this gymnasium tonight. Raise our voices and ask God to, to help us. Come on. Come on, let's pray here just a moment. We need to hear from heaven tonight. We need to hear from heaven tonight. We need to hear from heaven tonight. Hallelujah. 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 Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. He's worthy of it. He's worthy of it. So good to be back in the Northwest, in particular, um, Spokane with Brother Sister Mayo and this wonderful church, and um, I know that you know how tremendously blessed that you are. Sometimes, though, you get your head in the, the picture frame and you can't see the picture. And so I'm telling you from the outside, looking at the picture, you are very, very fortunate and very blessed to be under the leadership of these great apostolic leaders and in this wonderful church. I'm just thankful for your pastor and his wife. They, uh, they don't, they don't need uh, my affirmation, but as if he doesn't already have enough on his plate, every opportunity I get, someone who's looking for influence or leadership, this is the direction I shove them in from all over the world, literally. And it's important that you understand that you are here and you get to be a part of this week in and week out. And that's a tremendous blessing. Psalms 92. This is um, something that we 
Well, we have left the last two years looking forward to the next year. And um, my whole family is here, which is something that is very rare. We don't get to do that often. And I want to say publicly that I appreciate Brother and Sister Mayo being insistent on all of us being here. And it means a tremendous amount to me as as dad and husband to have my wife and family here and experience this great time. I believe we're going to leave here refreshed. I'm not I, I'm not waiting till Sunday. I believe God is going to take care of some things. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Psalms 92, verse number 12, the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He's still talking about the righteous. When we get to verse 13, if you don't believe that, go read some other translations later. But he says, those that be planted, someone say planted, in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat. Well, Brother Chris, you done took yourself out of that. Praise God. They shall be flat and flat, fat. I'm trying to get you back in. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. The righteous are planted in the house of the Lord. And because they're planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Now, I don't remember this happening many times. In fact, it may, it may have only happened once. One time I can remember, but the impression was strong enough that um, as a 40-year-old man, I still remember it very vividly. My grandmother always took me to camp meeting, and that was my week to kind of just run free for the most part. One night after church, or during church, we were I was sitting directly behind her with some friends of mine. And our focus was elsewhere. And I still remember Granny turning around and that long, bony finger. And I remember her brother Mayo doing just this. I said, planet. Now, maybe that's too plain for you Northwesterners. 
But that when that Cherokee grandmother of mine said planet, she meant she meant business. And so tonight, when I read this about being planted in the house of the Lord, that's just how I feel about it. I kind of feel the same thing I felt like, or I feel like Granny felt that day. We knew when she said planet that you stay right there and you don't move, flinch, scared to even blink until that service was over. Now, I'm just, I'm just telling you what I know, okay? Telling you what I know. I've been praying about this for weeks. And there's a response. There's a decision that many of you have already made, but on this first night, I'm going to, I believe there's an anointing going to come to admonish you to stand next to some of those decisions that you've made. Ride this out and let God show you the power that comes from being planted. There are some levels of power that some people never experience because they never plant themselves. Now, I know you're standing, but I'm preaching already. There's a big difference between something being potted and something being planted. And I'm telling you, there's a time to move and there's a time... There's a time to journey and there's a time to go forward. But I'm telling you, there are some times in life where we just got to put our roots down and insist that we will, we will not be moved. Praise God. Plant it in the house of God. Plant it in the house of God. Someone say plant it. Would you lift your hands one more time and ask God to help us here for the next few moments? You can be seated. I want to kind of jump off tonight by explaining to us some things about the harvest. The Bible says that we live, we live by faith and not by sight. I have found myself, I believe it's just a place that we're in right now, but I have, I have found myself frequently as of late explaining to people that you can overanalyze everything. I told somebody just two days ago, I said, this is, 
This is not going to work. I'm not trying to take away from the legitimacy of your questions, but the bottom line is, is you're trying to take all the faith out of this. And the reason, there is a reason, there is a reason that the line in that song, Everywhere I Go, resonates with us, and I just want to underscore it. There's a reason, and you're going, this is going to resonate with you. It's going to, it's going to strike a chord when I bring this up. We've been singing that song now for a couple of years, and I'm glad it's kind of sticking around. But when they get to that line in that song, that he's working, even when I can't see him, he's working. Every time I hear that song, regardless of where I'm at, there is a certain chord that is struck in the hearts of people because there is so much truth to that. But in, in terms of the harvest, we want, we want to judge we want, to, we want to make a call according to what we can see with the naked eye. So we get excited when, when something, when growth is there. Our excitement about the harvest is when there is something that can be held with the eyes or be held with the hands. But when you look at the life of a seed, when you look at it from a botany standpoint, the most miraculous part of the harvest is not what we get most excited about. And there is nobody that likes to see it more than I like to see it. And there's nobody that likes to reap it. And there's nobody that likes to handle it any more than I like to handle it. But the most miraculous part of the harvest is something that cannot be seen with the naked eye. Metamorphosis. Germination is the, is the miraculous part of the harvest. It's the seed that is planted. It's, it's the planter who plants the seed and who trusts the process. Well, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. That trusts the process, that trusts the fact that there is a difference between when I place this seed in the ground, there is a difference between something simply being buried and something being planted. Something being buried, there is no expectation of a return. But something that is planted, it is planted with a purpose. That with patience, that's why the Bible says that with patience ye possess your souls. Impatience, listen to me now, impatience has created more disaster. Impatience has created more tragedy. Listen to what I'm telling you right now. Impatience has created more problems for people than can be imagined by this finite mind. It's with patience you possess your souls. And I want to encourage somebody tonight that you're in the metamorphosis stage of this miracle. And while you may not be able to see what you're looking for with your physical eye. You are not buried, but you have planted yourself in the perfect will of God. Yeah. 
Hallelujah. The seed, the seed, once, it, once it's planted, it is a, it is a lonely place. It is a, it is a cold place. It is a, it is a dark place. Then that little seed with all of its potential, I don't care how much potential a person has, you better listen to me right now. This is a problem with a lot of Pentecostals. Well, they got this talent and they got this ability and they, and they can do this and, and, and they're qualified to do this. Let me tell you something about the potential of a seed. I I don't care what it says on the outside of a package. If somebody doesn't plant it somewhere and leave it there, you will never see the fulfillment of the potential of that seed. I dare say that this church is witnessing people right now that are flourishing like they have never flourished before. And the reason for the flourishing and the reason for the favor on their life is because they put their life in the ground somewhere unless a seed fall into the ground and die. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, death, death there is a type of separation. It's a type, come on, of a decision. It's somebody that goes somewhere and says, we're going to put roots down right here. Hallelujah. We're going to raise a family right here. And it may not happen in six months. I'm trying to encourage somebody. Come on, it may not happen in two years. But I want you to understand, come on, that out of the sight of your naked eye, there is something miraculous that is is happening. There is something that is being born. There is something that is coming to life. Hallelujah. We have heard it preached and admonished. Don't give up on the promise. Don't give up on the prophecy. I'm preaching to you here tonight. Don't give up on the seed. Don't give up on what you have planted in the ground. It will flourish. Everything that that seed needs to become what the package says that it has the power to become. This is the package that tells us everything that the seed has the power to become. But the things that that seed needs to make contact with, God have mercy, I feel this right now. It comes in the loneliness of that buried place called earth. Come on. Loneliness is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given man. Come on. But let me tell you, the seed cannot reach its maximum potential if it does not die to loneliness. Come on. It's a lonely place. Come on. It's a, it's a, it's a lonely place. It's a, it's a dark place. It's a cold place. I understand that. But that seed has to be exposed to that darkness and to that lonely place if it's ever going to reach its potential. The nutrients. The nutrients in one spoon of soil. Mind-blowing. But the seed, with all of its potential, can never match up 
or never come in contact with the nutrients that God put in the earth to cause it to grow if it is not planted and left planted. Everything you need, don't let the devil. Come on, I feel, I feel, I feel very strong tonight. Typically, you take this angle, and, and maybe I will, but I, maybe I would typically take this angle and, and admonish and encourage people who have never been planted to, to be planted. If you're here tonight and you're not planted, you need to get planted. But strangely enough, I feel like God's asked me to bring this to you, not from the standpoint of never having been planted, but to encourage someone who has planted themselves to stay planted, to dig in, to stay put. The seed has to stay put. But people get discouraged with the cold. People get discouraged with the loneliness. People get discouraged with the darkness. And so they pull their little seed up. Come on, and the enemy convinces them that it'll grow somewhere else. You better hear what I'm telling you right now. Everything that your little seed needs to grow, the nutrients that are necessary for your purpose to come to pass are in the soil. But you have to leave the seed in the soil if it's to come and come. Contact with the nutrients. Let me tell you about Spokane soil. Let me tell you about Spokane soil. Too many people fall prey to what I'm preaching right now. The angel did not tell Lot. God delivered Lot out of a bad situation. I'm going to preach tonight. Come on, if hair lips the governor, I'm going to preach tonight. He didn't tell, come on, all the prayers that had been put in. Abraham interceding for Lot and his family. I don't believe that God brought Lot out for Lot to get drunk and to have ancestral relationships with his daughters and two wicked nations to be born. But the problem is, listen to this preacher right now. The angel didn't tell him to go to a little place and settle in a little place. He told him to go to the mountain. He told him to go to the mountain. Hallelujah. But there's always this mentality, this escape mentality. People that want to settle for something less. They want instant gratification. Isn't this enough to get me out of trouble? Let me tell you what God did for you was not to just get you out of trouble, but what God did for you was to make you great. God did not do what he did for you. Well, we, we narrowly escaped that. We got out of that. We got our kids out of that. We got ourselves out of that bad situation. You're looking at this all the wrong way. God didn't do that. You're settling for little Zor. When I've come to preach to you that, the, that what you need is in the soil of Spokane, and you got to make up in your mind, we didn't come here just to get out of trouble. We come here to plan ourselves and flourish. I want to know, is there anybody interested in flourishing? I couldn't wait to get here to preach to you 
You listen, it makes sense to me after all these years and all the devils I've fought here. It, under, it makes more sense to me what is going on here. I refuse to focus on the adversaries that are great. It's that effectual door. Come on. I want to get through it. I want to know what's beyond this door. But when I read looking for something on Father's Day, I wasn't even preparing for this camp meeting. I didn't realize that Spokane is the birthplace of Father's Day. This is where it all started. What I'm preaching to you is I believe in the spirit that that's no accident. Come on, Spokane has its mountains, but we need men to match our mountains. We need men, not men of the world, but men of God. Not men that fear men, but men that fear God. Not men that are submitted to the system. Hallelujah. I appreciate Brother and Sister Mayo's ethics. I appreciate the way they've handled it. But I'm just telling you, you need to quit making apologies for people being drawn to hear Spokane gets its name from the Spokane tribe. And it literally means children of the light or children of sonship. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no wonder there is a spiritual draw to this area. I didn't come here just to get out of trouble. I came here to be a son of the light. I come here to be a son of the light. Hallelujah. I don't know what's going on with your money. I don't know what's going on with your friends. I don't know who you've been on the phone with. I don't know who you've been chatting it up with on social media. But I'm telling you, you need to leave this first night and let the devil know you can't have my seed. You can't have my commitment. You can't have that promise and that decision. I'm planted. I'm planted. I'm planted. I'm planted. And then, the miraculous part, that little seed, in order, in order for it, Jordan, to come in contact with all the nutrients that God put for it in the soil. Something's got to come. In that dark, lonely, cold place, Something's got to happen to that seed in order to expose it. See, the seed faces exposure. When we say we want exposure, we're talking about that stuff that happens above the surface. But the seed's most important exposure is the exposure that happens that cannot be seen with the naked eye. You pull that seed from its package and you place it in the earth. All of that potential is wrapped in a seed coat 
You can't see it. And this is where some of you are at. And you better hear this preacher right now because the devil would tell you that the pain and the rejection and the ripping and the tearing that you're feeling, come on, is not from God and it's not part of the process. He'll use, he'll use the sting of rejection. He'll use the financial strain that you're in to try to tell you, come on, you need to put your seed somewhere else. You planted it in the wrong place. But I'm telling you, that little seed, come on, all of that potential, it's got a seed coat, and it's got to go through something that in botany is called scarification. Something in scarification happens to that seed in that cold, lonely, dark place. Scarification is when that seed coat is ripped back, and the potential that's in that seed is exposed to the nutrients around it. You've been praying for exposure. God's given you exposure, all right. He's putting you in contact with what it's going to take for you to be what God has always dreamed of you being. I'm not getting very many amens right now. That's the kind of exposure I want because you can't grow unless you've been scarred. You can't grow unless that seed coat has been ripped back. God will expose us to things that tear back that coat. God, I want to feel people feel that ripping and tearing. I've seen them vacillate on their decision of plantedness. They don't understand, Sister Mayo, the process. But my heart's bleeding hurting. I'm suffering. I'm going through this physically. I'm going through this in my family. I've never dealt with this kind of stuff in my marriage. Surely this is not part of the process. And what you don't realize, you see, it's hard for us to get excited about the harvest unless it's something above the surface that we can see with our own eyes. But I'm telling you, and sometimes it lasts months, and sometimes it lasts years. And I'm telling somebody that pain is not in vain. God is peeling that seed coat back to expose you to the nutrients in the Spokane soil that's going to cause you to flourish and become, and become a son of light, a daughter of light, a daughter. Are you listening to me right now? But, 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 but the reason God sent me here is to ask you, will you, will you stand next to your planetess? Will you remain? Come on, you're, you're left with a decision here tonight. You can dig your seed up and go somewhere else or you can dig in a little deeper. You can dig in a little deeper. I want the devil to know you can't have my seed. Come on, I've already gone through too much scarification. preaching to everybody and I'm glad that everybody's not considering quitting at the same time so I need the rest of you that were trying to quit last year that are doing better to help me preach right now come on honey I'm telling you you got to stick with it you got to stick with your pastor you got to stick with your church you got to stick I'm hurting dig in I'm confused dig in I'm upset Dig in. I've had friends backslide. Dig in. Dig in. Dig in. Dig in.
eventually you'll get past the pain of the scarification. Eventually, metamorphosis, germination, that seed will begin to metamorphose miraculously into what that package promised that it would become. And if you'll stay planted, eventually you'll see some sign above the surface. I don't have time to preach that, but then another whole set of battles come in. I'm just telling you right now, if you're looking to get out of fighting and the battle, you, you're probably going to find a reason to, to get out because it never stops. You are in an army. And this is a battleship, not a cruise ship. And we didn't check vaccinations either tonight, praise God. Somebody say amen. The righteous. Now I'm going to encourage you to stay planted. The righteous shall, shall flourish like the palm tree. It's all interconnected. Go read it. The righteous that have that have planted themselves, planted themselves in the house of God, shall flourish like the palm tree. There's some things tonight before we close this up and leave that you need to understand, and I want to make you privy of them so that you're insistent when you leave this mountain, that you're insistent on your plantedness in the Spokane soil. God's trying to make a man out of you, some of you. God's trying to make sons and daughters of light out of us. Don't settle for little. Don't settle for less. The palm tree is about 15 things that I've got listed. I'm going to give you four, and I'm going to give them in the order that I prayed about. But I just want to want to prophesy to some of you that if you'll insist on your plantedness and cornerstone and your plantedness loyalty to this man and this woman, what you can expect. And I, I'm I, and I'm I'm not making any bones about it. In the in the next six months, you can expect some of these things I'm fixing to tell you. That's how soon it's coming. I want you to leave here clinging to that. The righteous shall flourish like palm trees. I've asked men from two different crews that have made tens, well, hundreds of thousands of dollars chasing storms. Two of these men I talked to at length that were part of the cleanup crew after Hurricane Katrina come in on the south, on the south coast and did its destruction. I've seen images and pictures so I asked them if the pictures were true to the things that I had read and suspected because of the things that I would read, and the pictures were there to prove oak trees 
Brother Mayo, 120 years old, that literally when those 175, 180 mile an hour winds come through there, those oak trees that had been there 120 years were pulled up by the roots and displaced. Oak trees found, literally, I'm not exaggerating, found pieces of them found miles from their original place of being planted. If you go back and you look at any of the clips or the pictures, what you'll see is in the midst of oak trees being uprooted and blown all over the place. Palm trees, the righteous shall flourish like the palm trees. There's power. There's power in your plantedness. And those palm trees, they bend. They don't break, they bend. They bend under the strength of the storm. Oaks are lifted out of the ground and displaced miles away. And those palm trees, and I asked these guys, and they said, to tell you the truth, he said, either something wasn't done correctly. He said, that, that's about the only exception. He said, most of the cleanup that we did, if it were palm trees, it was something that was not done correctly. He said, because a palm tree that had been planted correctly or was native, well, it wouldn't have been native there in Mississippi, but had been planted correctly. He said, though, they, 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 were able to, they were able to flex and bend under the winds of those storms. You see pictures, and they're, they're almost bent to a, literally to a 90-degree angle, and after the winds are gone, they rise back up. There's a power and plantedness that helps you withstand storms. And if you can withstand the temptation to take the seed out, what will happen over time is you will grow in the Lord to the point that literally when the storms of life come, there is no, there is, there is literally, there is no possibility at all that you can be displaced. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Palm trees flourish in dry places. Other trees can't live, can't exist. The palm tree not only lives, but it will, it will thrive and it will flourish. The storms. You stick to your plantedness and that decision, you will, you will flourish in stormy places, but also you can withstand dry places in life and even flourish. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm talking about tomorrow. I'm, I'm talking about futuristically. I'm, I'm telling you these things. And again, typically I might share this with somebody, and maybe you're here and you've never planted yourself, and I, and I hope that you can draw inspiration from this. That's typically how I would drive this home. But tonight I felt several weeks ago that, that my, that my uh, assignment tonight was to encourage people who had already planted themselves to stay planted, and these are the things, these are the promises that come to those who are planted. I'm sure you've heard those two things, but these last two that I'll share with you before we close this thing up tonight that just blow my mind. How many, how many want to be saved? Come on, how many be mine? Is anybody here want to be? Just, just wave your hand. I, I want to be able to sustain the storms. I want to be able to get my way through dry places, but more than all of that, I want to be saved. So he told, the man told me, he said, he said, Brother Marks, he said there were very few palm trees because they were not, they were not 
able, they, they, the winds were not able to uproot them. He said, but, he said, while the other types of wood, you're going to like what I'm fixing to tell you. He said, well, while the other types of wood could be cut up and then, and then sold for, for kindling, he said, the, the few palm trees that were found, he said, they were, they were no good. He said, they could be cut up. He said, but they had to be taken to the dump. And I, I said, well, what's the reason for this? He said, you don't know. And I said, no, I don't know, but you need to tell me. And he said, because palm trees, they won't burn. You didn't hear what I just said. Palm trees won't burn. I said, you got to be kidding me. He said, just like people won't burn certain types of pine and, 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 and uh, cedar, he said, because it smokes. He said, this is a different category all to itself. He said, you cannot get a piece of, of, you cannot get a piece of palm tree to light and to burn. It will not stay on fire. Plantedness not only gives you storm insurance, plantedness gives you fire insurance. And what I'm telling you here tonight is if you're serious about being saved. Well, maybe I should have saved this for Sunday. Some of you are just too comfortable. Some of you are just too casual to get excited about this right now. You know what? I don't have any intentions on going to hell. I don't want to burn for eternity. And I'm telling you the best way to avoid it is to plan it. You don't want to go to hell, plant yourself in a good church. You don't want to burn for eternity. You plant yourself in the church and make up in your mind, I will not be moved. I will not be uprooted. I will not be talked out of this. Come on, clap your hands. Come on, give God praise for it right now. I want somebody to hear me. Your best chance of being saved is if you quit being a spiritual gypsy or a spiritual vagabond moving from here to there to here to somewhere else. God didn't call us to be potted. You can move potted plants. God called us to be planted. Get yourself in this church and make up in your mind we're going to set still until we flourish. We're going to set still until we grow. Last but not least, and I purposely say because I felt like this was, this is how the altar needed to happen tonight. The palm, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Those that have planted themselves in the house of God. You, there's a few places on my property where you could see this, if you've done any kind of wandering around in the woods, I'm sure you have seen this yourself. They would run whole fence, barbed wire fence. This was before they had augers and they would literally have to hand dig the holes to be able to, to have posts to wrap the wire around. If they came to a tree, they would just wrap the wire around the tree and keep going. 
Saved them from having to dig a hole there. Saved them from having to get a post in the ground right there. What will happen over time is if you wrap that barbed wire around an oak or pecan, that tree will, it will receive that barbed wire and it will grow around it. Brother Gazzani, literally it will grow around it to the point that it, it will disappear and no matter what you do, you can't, you cannot get it free from the barbed wire. There is one thing about a palm tree, there's many things, but this is the last thing I want to close with that separates it from all other trees. And it's just what I'm talking about right now. Palm trees will not receive bands. Palm trees will not receive bands. It refuses to grow itself around that band. It will pop it. It will. It will. It will loose itself. It will loose itself. It will free itself. The palm tree refuses to receive bands. It will not live banded. And this is exactly what I felt praying, Brother Mayo. There's some generational stuff. Bands. Some of you were born and raised here. Some of you, God brought you to the Spokane soil because he knew in the Spokane soil was the nutrients that your little seed needed to, to grow. But you came here with bands. You came here with generational bands. Full of the Holy Ghost, but you came here with generational bands. Baptized in Jesus' name, but you came here with, you came here with mental bands. You came here with mental bands. You came here with emotional bands. You came here with insecurity bands. You can get quiet on me right now. I'm dry. I'm done, but I'm going to drive this joke. I'm driving home right now. You came here with bands. You, you've got those. You came to this meeting with bands. But what I'm telling you is the power in your decision to remain planted, what happens is over time that little seed explodes into a seedling. And that seedling explodes into a yearling. And that yearling eventually explodes into a full-grown tree. And what? It takes time. This is not something that's going to happen in a year. Brother Mark, I've been around here already two or three years, and I'm still dealing with this band. I'm still dealing with this bondage. I'm still dealing with my family. I'm still dealing with, 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 with this, and, I'm, and I've still got this hanging over my head. Honey, what I'm trying to convince you of, what I'm trying to encourage you, what I'm trying to admonish you is this. You just Stick with that decision to stay planted in Spokane at Cornerstone. And what's going to happen over time, you're going to flourish like a palm tree because of that plantedness. And you're going to break that band. I, I want to say something right now. 
and I feel this, and I, and I ask God to help me to say this because I don't want you thinking that I'm nursing that addiction that you still have. I'm not nursing that little addiction you still have. But I'm telling you this much. If you quit, you're sure not going to get over it. If you walk away from what you've given yourself to in the last three years, the last six years, you say, Brother Marks, you mean, come on, you mean there's still people here that have bands and have addictions and have bondages? Come on, don't be a hypocrite. All of us have our struggles. Listen to me, you need to quit sitting there looking down your nose and judging. I want to encourage you. Well, we still got this going on in our marriage. I still got this going on in my private life. I'm not condoning that. I'm not nursing that. But I'm telling you, if you walk away from your plantedness, you're never going to break that band. But if you'll stay planted in Cornerstone, you hear this preacher, that palm tree is going to get strong enough that it's going to break that band of addiction. You're going to wake up one day and realize, I haven't done that in a week. I haven't done that in 30 days. My wife and I haven't fussed about that in six months. I'm preaching to somebody. You're closer to that band being busted than what you realize. And that's why the devil's working overtime trying to get you to dig your seat up. This, ladies and gentlemen, herein lies the reason. Herein lies the reason. Logan, this is the only reason Satan needs to stay after your seed. Because he knows if it ever grows, all those holes that I've had on them, And I'm going to quit being marginalized. I can't help what the charismatics have done. God talked about this. Jesus talked about this way too much, tiptoe around it because it's been misused or mispreached. And I'll tell you something else. I don't believe God's into poverty. Is this okay? I don't believe God brought you up here to stay poor. Poor is a band. Never owned a home. Nobody's ever had a college education. Never owned a car. Never been legal. Is this on? That's a ban. That's a ban. That's bondage. God didn't bring you here for you to stay poor. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost told me. I'm going to tell you what's in the soil in Spokane. If you'll stay planted in the face of every lying devil, he'll break the back of poverty. He'll break the back of poverty. He will cause you to prosper. (laughs) 
I'm going to tell somebody right now, you get over this little bump. You leave this meeting and tell the devil, you can't have my seed, and I'm staying planted in this church, and I'm telling you what's going to happen. I prophesy new businesses. I prophesy new business ideas. I prophesy. Somebody's going to be a millionaire who never had a penny to your name. Why? I broke the band of poverty. Why? I broke the band of poverty. You know why marriages work? You know why marriages work? Marriages work because people stay. It's not because they agree on everything. If you stay long enough, you'll get smart enough where you realize it's just too tiring to fight anymore. And I've been 22 years, and I'm not all the way there yet. I'm looking to Brother and Sister Mayo because I still like a good fight every once in a while because making up's fun. Marriages don't work because, oh, compatibility. Well, we took all these personality tests. Blah, 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 blah. You put a man and a woman under the same roof, they're going to fight. They're going to disagree. That doesn't mean you need a divorce. Well, we're not compatible. We have air. No, you stay. You stay. You're not going to like everything we do. You're not going to like how we say everything that we say. But you know what? If you're going to flourish, if you're going to break the bands, if you're going to survive the storms, if you're going to escape hell, it's going to be because you make up in your mind. You can't discourage me out of my church. You can't gossip me out of my church. You can't lie me out of my church. Oh, well, I didn't like how they talked to my kids. Shut up and plan it. Well, I don't like how they run the sound. Close your mouth and plan it. Well, it's too cold. Bring a sweater and plan it. What you'll find over time is if, you're, if you fear God, being right becomes more important than being right. And you wake up to the fact that the person means more to me than my point. So this flips over to the church stuff, and it becomes the opportunity means more to me than my opinion. Dig in. Stay put. Those that are planted. 
shall flourish like the palm tree. Those bands that try to keep condemnation in your life. I hear the sound of breaking. You think of the last person that left. Oh, they're reprobate, full of rebellion. What's wrong with looking at it this way? They had bondage. And they got talked out of their seat. And how close, how close, how close were they to breaking that spirit, Brother Mayo? I close with this. Probably the most vivid dream I ever had. I don't dream often, but when I do, it's most times it's significant. In the dream, I was, it was about a, I don't know, 40 to acre, 80 acre plot. I was overlooking the, this field in the dream. I started making all these mental notes. I'm very visual, and so that's, I just, immediately I step in a situation, I start with my eyes gathering information, so that was, that's what I was doing in the dream. It was the darkest, I mean, the soil was, it was so dark, it looked chocolate. I couldn't see a weed, couldn't see a rock. It wasn't a big field, but it was, it was a field that had been meticulously taken care of. The rows were perfectly straight, perfectly mounded. I remember in the dream looking, and I was taking all these deeds. Man, somebody spent some time here. But I realized there was, there was no sign of life. There, was, there were no seedlings. It was obvious that there had been a caretaker. There was no harvest to get excited about. As I'm watching this, I guess the spirit of the man who had done all this work was settling over me in the dream. And I, he comes into the field, Brother Mayo, and I, know immediately, I knew immediately this is the man that's pulled all the weeds and this is the man that's mounded all the rows and this is the man that's put all the seed in the ground and this is the man that's got all the rocks out. And he walks out into the field and he starts walking up down the rows and his eyebrows furrowed and his Creases in his forehead. It's confusing conversation. I know immediately what the problem is. He's confused. This is why I've spent so much time and I've put so much care in, and there's, there's no there's no growth. There's no harvest. And he he walks out of the field and he commences in this dream. I remember three or four times he'd come back in the field, and with each time he'd come back in the field, he. He was more confused and more aggravated, and he'd walk up down the rows, and finally the last time he comes in, he's, I can tell he's gone, from, he's gone from disappointed to angry, and he's, he's running his hands to his hair, and he's wringing his hands, and he's, he's steaming, he's mad. And all of a sudden, I see him drop to his knees, and he crouches over one of the perfectly mounded rows, and he takes his hands like shovels, and I watch him start 
digging at the row. I don't even like telling this dream. It, I get physically sick telling it. He starts digging at the row. And I'm watching his face. And all of a sudden, he stops. And he's looking down in the hole. And the frustration leaves. The disappointment leaves. And I see a sense of satisfaction cross his face. Joy begins to flush and flood into his cheeks. And I watch him reach down in the hole. Brother Mayo, in the dream, I'm up above watching all this. And in the dream, he cups his hands. And he's standing there and I see his eyes are as big as saucers. And he's, he's looking and in his hand is the most beautiful jewel that you've ever seen in your life. I can still remember the colors and how it sparkled in the sunlight. And I seen him. I seen him take and furl his fingers around it and he just, he felt satisfied, this sense of gratification. But just as fast as the joy rushed into his face, I seen him turn to walk out of the field and he turned back towards the hole and I seen now, it wasn't disappointment, it wasn't the joy that had come, but now I seen panic. And Bree, when he opens his hand up, that priceless jewel, was breaking up and disintegrating in the palm of his hand. In fact, it was disintegrating so quickly that I watched the man try to catch. Some fragment in hopes of he was trying to catch the dust of that, of that jewel. And I watched him as he was hoping he had caught something, that something remained to scrape it back over in the hole. But when he got back down, he looks back into his hand and realizes his hand is empty. It's gone. It's disintegrated too quickly for him to even have a, a vestige of what he had held before. And I woke myself up listening to that man as he laid over that empty hole, weeping. I don't think you need an interpretation. I think it pretty much speaks for itself. I've seen people. Don't be fooled when people leave the church. And it looks like they're on cloud nine. And they got the world by the tail. Because it may not happen overnight like it did in the man in the dream, but someday they're going to open their hand and they're going to wish they had something to put back in that hole. And there's not going to be anything there to plant. Because the seeds, the seeds value is not in the gratification of your palm. The seeds pricelessness is it buried and planted in the long Lonely, cold hole, subjected to the elements. Leave it. Leave it. Don't even think about it. I, it baffles me 
And again, I have talked to nobody. I just know what I've felt for weeks. It baffles me that I hear people talking, and I don't even call and tell them every time I hear this, but people talking all over the place that would like to move to Spokane. And it baffles me at all the people that like to move here, that in the midst of that, the world seen what's right here in the northwest and people right here in the middle of it. are looking for greener grasses, greener pastures. If I could just get out of here, if I could just catch a break, know if you'd stay planted. If I just get a job offer somewhere else, know if you'd just stay planted. It's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. In fact, I thought just a few weeks ago I was somewhere. I happened to be around some people in your age group. I thought to myself, kids that don't know anything about this, They don't, they don't have any memories of lingering around the altars. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about people. You went to church with people in your peer group. And I thought even in, in, even in the presence of all the struggles that people like you have, have had to, to walk through, I say that plantedness has already paid great dividends. And I know, I, I felt the pressure. You want a preacher to come in and get you out of something. God didn't send Cody Marks to get you out of anything. God sent Cody Marks to tell you to stay in it. And I'm all about breakthroughs. But I want to correct a misconception here tonight. You don't need a breakthrough. You need to stay planted. Because you're not wanting a breakthrough. You want an escape. And many times we've asked for deliverance and we didn't need deliverance. We needed discipline to stay put. Oh, I hope God tarries till I'm about 60 so I can say what I really feel. But it's, I'll, stre I'll, I'll, I'll stretch the limits at 40. You better stay put. You better stay put. You better stay put. You better stay planted. I don't care where your seed is in the process of all of this. Unless a seed fall in the ground and die. Remember me telling, you were there, a lot of you were there, remember me spinning around at a summit and telling, and it, it was not in the notes, it was a God moment. And I said, some of you, if you're really serious about having revival, I don't care if you are 40 years old, 
I said, you need to go home and you need to buy a burial plot. Anybody remember me saying that? There was a 39-year-old man that two days later, you can say what you want to say, but two days later, I got a picture of the certification of the burial plots. And he has had nothing but revival since. It's planted. It's planted this, folks. It's a, I didn't come here to leave. I came here to plant myself. And watch what the package promised come to life. Let's stand. Here's what I want to do. Now, I know the first thing you're going to think when I do this, well, Brother Marks, if I, if I respond to that, somebody's going to think that I've been entertaining, digging the seat up. That's not the case. That's not the case. There's two things. I don't want you to move on these two things. I want you to physically step forward. If there's bands that you want to see broken, or if you have been in the stage of the seed where you are suffering the scarification, the seed coat being ripped back, those are the two things right there. Two, two things. There's bands. Some of, these, some of you may fall into both categories. You may still have the bands, and you may be in the seed stage of scarification. You may be both deals. But if you're in both or one or the other, and you identify with this, it does not mean that you've been entertaining, digging it up, or. but you identify with what the Spirit's saying, and your mind's made up, to stay planted where God has, has sent you and where God has placed you. I want you to step forward right now. If your life falls into it, in, in either two of those categories, there's just step forward. You're, you're in, the, you're in the, the stage of the seed where the scarification or there are still bands. I need just come on forward so everybody can get down here. Band breaking power. Band breaking power. Let me tell somebody, you don't have to come. Listen, you don't have to come make any confessions to pastor or myself. But I'm telling you, if you're standing around this altar area 
and you have been entertaining the strong, the strong urges of just this just is not this is just not it's just not working out. You you need to latch a hold of what I've preached tonight. 